Hey, Drew Dixon from Love Nerd back with you for another Bible Thump. And um, I kind of, I think I kind of shot myself in the foot last week when I was like, I'm going to teach on this passage in 1 Peter because it's the next passage in 1 Peter and I'm not going to avoid difficult subjects because, um, yeah, after hearing Peter's thoughts or, or encouragement to slaves in Asia Minor in the first century, now we're going to see his encouragement, his challenge, um, advice, I guess encouragement really to husbands and wives uh but he says more to wives here which um yeah let's let's acknowledge the elephant in the room that's going to rub some of you the wrong way um it rubs me the wrong way in some ways like when i read this um i get i get uncomfortable and you probably do too and that's okay like i just want to say a few things like first it's okay for the bible to make us feel uncomfortable uh secondly we should not expect the bible a book that was written in the first century AD, um, to mesh with our current cultural standards and expectations for things like men and women. It's just not going to happen. Um, and then thirdly, like, let's be really careful not to read into our own culture, right? Our own culture and our own expectations into someone like Peter, who is writing at a totally different time, um, than us. So like with that awareness, I think we can actually read this passage and get some get some encouragement out of it, get some, some benefit out of it. Um, no matter whether you're married or not, no matter whether um, you're a husband or a wife or or, um, or not married at all, um, or, 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 you know, dating or whatever, wherever you are, I think there's encouragement for us here. So let me read it, and I'm going to be quick this time. I'll probably spend another Bible thump, next week's Bible thump, looking at the same passage, though, because there's there's quite a bit here for us to think about, but I'll read the whole passage. So this is 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7. 1 Peter 3, 1. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even if some disobey the word, they may, may be won over without a word by the way their wives live. When they observe your pure and reverent lives, don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles, wearing of gold jewelry, but rather what is inside the heart the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. All right, <laughs> a lot to unpack here. But first thing um, uh, I think we see is that, that Peter tells wives to submit to their own husbands, um, even the ones that are not fathers of Jesus, even the ones who are not living in submission to God. Um, Peter is still here calling them to live um, in submission to their own husbands. Now, by the way, like, Paul tells husbands and wives in Ephesians 5 to submit one to each other, one to another. So this is not um, a, Peter's not saying that wives should submit to husbands, but husbands don't have to submit to wives. That's not the point. That's not the testimony of the Bible as a whole anyway. Um, and again, I think it's important that we remember that uh, Peter's writing to particular churches in a particular culture in a particular time in history. And this is the word he had to give to them. So let's not read into it and assume that he's saying husbands are off, they can do whatever they want. That's not at all what he's saying. He's encouraging wives. Um, and and this, this makes sense, I think. Uh, and even in our culture, there's often um, 
there's this, it, it's not uncommon today, and I think this was probably true in Asia Minor, it's not uncommon today for uh, women to be faithful to the Lord and men to be on the fence or not faithful or, or not, not believing at all. And so that's the type of people that Peter's writing to, and he's saying, you, if you're in that situation, be patient, be kind to your husband, like look for ways to serve your husband and point them to Jesus. He wants them to win them over uh, by the way that they live. What he's not saying is that women shouldn't speak up, shouldn't speak their minds, shouldn't have a voice in their, in their relationship. That's not at all what he's saying. But what he's saying, I think, is true for all people, right? Our lives, the way we operate, is far more powerful oftentimes than what we say. And that's particularly true in our closest relationships, right? Because in our cro- closest relationships, um, like, <laughs> we, we know each other right? We know each other's hearts. We know each other better than anybody else. We know what can damage each other more than anybody. Like, like when you're married or in a very close, intimate relationship, like you know each other so deeply that just saying, hey, I'm going to do this, or this is how I'm going to do life, or here's how I'm going to treat you, or Here, here's, here's my, my values and my priorities. That's one thing, right? But it's a whole other thing when you live out your values and priorities and prove that your words are true. Like, uh, there's that, that old saying that actions speak louder than words. And like, that's really true in so many ways. And it's especially true when it comes to our relationship with our kids, our wives, um, your, you and your husband, you know, the closest, most intimate relationships we have, your actions are always going to speak louder than words. So Peter's telling wives like, hey, live out the gospel and your unbelieving, hus- unbelieving husband's going to see that and it's going to make a difference. Um, and he's encouraging them to live pure and reverent lives. Um, and then, okay, here's another thing that he's not saying. Verse 3, don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry, but rather what is inside the heart. There's a lot of talk in our day and age about purity culture and um, like modesty, and there's been a lot of frustration, rightly so, I think, among some people about kind of past like evangelical teaching on modesty. Um Peter's not saying anything, actually, at all about uh, modesty in the sense of not showing off skin, <laughs> okay? Um, now, you can go one way or the other about that. You can make an argument for that maybe from some other places in the Bible about the importance of modesty. Um, but, like, the frustration about modesty today from a lot of people is that so much of, like, recent Christian teaching on modesty has put all the blame on women, and it comes from a very sexist place, I think, of like, women should dress modestly because men can't control themselves and they'll lust and they'll have sex, uh, sexual thoughts and fall into sin. And so, you know, it's this idea that, that, that women should protect men by dressing modestly. Um, and I think it, it, is, it is sexist. Let's acknowledge that. Like, that kind of teaching is sexist uh, because it tells, um, it tells women that it's their fault when men sin, and that's just not true. It's never your fault, no matter what you're wearing. It's never your fault, okay? So hear that. It's never your fault if a man has lustful thoughts. Um, that's, that's, that's just wrong. And this is a passage that some, like, really conservative, um, I don't know if that's the right word, but some Bible teachers who are coming from a very conservative place will, will say, like, hey, here's this passage that tells women to dress modestly. That's only partially true. This passage only tells women to dress modestly in the sense of not showing off their wealth. 
If you read this passage closely, that's Peter's focus. He's encouraging women not to flaunt their social status. He's talking about gold jewelry and uh, elaborate hairstyles. Um, he says, let your beauty be rather what is inside than the heart. He's not saying uh, anything about low-cut dresses or, or how much ankle you would show in the ancient world or something like that. He, he's encouraging people not to flaunt their wealth because that was a big deal. And isn't that, um, doesn't that change the way the, the, the beauty that we see in this passage? I mean, Peter's concern is that poor people in the church not be put to shame. Um, and so, and that's not to say that men didn't do this as well, but uh, again, he's sp speaking to particular people in a particular context, and it seems like in this particular people in this particular context, that may have been a problem in this church, was that people were sort of flaunting their wealth and making other people feel unwelcome. But what does that tell us? It tells us the church of Jesus Christ is to be a place where everyone feels welcome and where we don't um, see someone as more valuable because they have more money. Like that's how everybody operates in our culture today. We all operate with this understanding, this um, assumption that people with more money have more to offer. And Peter's saying here, no, they don't. And don't act, don't operate like that's true. Um, all right, so uh, he encourages them to let their beauty be what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a quiet spirit, a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Um, so often this past, that verse is tied to like this idea that women should be quiet <laughs> in various places, uh, in the home or in the church or something. And like, let's just be really clear. Like that's this Bible, this uh, passage, this, these verses just don't say that at all. They just don't. Bottom line, they don't say that at all. He's saying, again, remember, he's encouraging, um, he's encouraging women in, the, in these particular contexts not to flaunt their wealth. So that's, the, that's what he's saying. He's not saying be quiet verbally. He's saying let your, um, don't, don't boast with what you wear. <laughs> right? Do you see that? He's saying, um, don't be bragging. Don't don't try to put on a show of wealth with what you with what you wear in, in such a way that that makes other people feel unwelcome. That's the point. That's the point. He's not saying anything about how women should be quiet in the home or in the church. Period. End of story. You you cannot use this passage, okay, to make it say that because it doesn't say that. So look what he says. For in the past, holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Uh, you have become her children, and when you do what is good, and do not fear intimidation. All right, again, this passage doesn't say anything about how women should be submissive in every context at all, or, or anyone should be, for that matter. Um, it's It was Sarah's... Um, the fact that she did what is good and did not fear any intimidation, that's what what um, what makes us children of God is when we do what is good, when we, when we live out the gospel, like when we believe the gospel, and then it flows out in the way that we live. All right? So really, I think what Peter's focus here is on harmony uh, in, in, in marriage and, and then also like making sure we're not flaunting our wealth like, these are the things Peter's concerned about. He's really just calling us to um, consider, here's the point, consider how uh, our relationship with Jesus and our the unique context in which we find ourselves should shape 
how we do life, right? So um, that's the challenge today, is to consider how your particular context, um, how you can, can honor and obey Jesus in your particular context. And for a lot of you, for most of you, especially, um, uh, you know, the women who might be listening to this, um, let's just let's just let go of this idea that we have that you have to be submissive to your husband in every context, and that's that's how you obey Jesus. That this passage just doesn't say that. Okay, so just let go of that. Live in the freedom that that's not true. Okay, but what it does encourage us to do um, is to again, yeah, just consider how should the gospel shape my relationships? How should it shape how I interact with other people? How should it shape my life? Um, it changes how we think about ourselves. I'm not better than anyone else because of my wealth. I'm not better than anyone else because of anything. What gives me value and purpose and joy is the gospel, and that's what gives you value and purpose and joy as well. That's what gives you um, God himself because he made you in his image has given you value. And, and that design tells us that we have a purpose to live out for, for the good of the world and, and the glory of God. So... Take some time and think out what think about what it might look like for you to live that out today. Um, I'll talk more about husbands next week um, and what he says about prayer here. Um, but I want to encourage us all because this message to women is for us too. Like, let's stop thinking that we're better than other people. Um, you've probably never heard a sermon on this passage that that challenged you to do that. But please, this is a big part of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, Stop competing against everyone around you and live in the reality that you are accepted and you are loved. Um, let go of this idea that you always have to compete and show yourself better than other people. I feel that way at work. Um, I feel that way in some of the schoolwork that I do. I feel that way in a lot of things that I do. Um, with my neighbors sometimes, I'm like, my neighbors just bought a boat. Like, I don't have anywhere near enough money to buy a boat. Like, am I a lesser person than my neighbor? Um, Peter says, let go of that. Live in the reality that you're loved and you're accepted and you're called to a far greater, more valuable, more meaningful purpose um, than competing and proving yourself better or proving yourself wealthier. Like, that's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb. Let go of it. Live in the reality of the gospel, that you're loved, that you're wanted, that you're called to good work. Make sense? Hope that encourages you. Um, just thinking through it and reading about it today encouraged me. So I hope it does you as well. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week.